Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. All right, you guys, this is episode five of Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt. And today we have Susan Niebergall <laughs> from Susan Niebergall and co-coach of the Inner Circle. Welcome, Susan. Hey, guys. Thanks Welcome. For and I love the name of this podcast because <laughs> I feel like I fit right in. Yes. <laughs> We're always trying to cut the crap around here. <laughs> I've been called the mother of tough love. So, man, the, the, this is, you are my people. <laughs> All right. All right. I was super excited when Beth mentioned that, that she had talked with you and you were willing to come on here. I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. And I just oh, love that, yeah. that coaching philosophy. And like like you said, the, you know, just cutting through the shit and just getting straight to the point. Because um, really, I mean, what we see every day and what, what probably what you see, especially on TikTok, is just how complicated, you know, fitness and health and nutrition is. And everybody's you know, telling you this and telling you that or cutting things out and taking things away. And it's just, it's, it's tiring and it's frustrating. And, and that's what's keeping people from getting results, right? Yeah. It, and it's everywhere, isn't it? I mean, it's everywhere. Um, you think it, we all say the same thing over and over and over and over again, right? And we just put it out there differently. And yet, <laughs> with as much as we do it, there's still people that are looking for shortcuts or looking for the the fancy whatever, and they're cutting out this because I can't have this. I had a conversation with a woman last night. She she's literally it's it was almost like post traumatic stress with all the crap that she's been through with other people that have had her say tell her you know you can't eat an apple, you can't have a banana, oh my gosh. you can't do this. That's bad. All of these things, and it's like ingrained in her now for years and years and years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible like, that that's still out there. It's amazing, Susan, isn't it? The fear people have in certain foods. Like, so I've worked with people that haven't had a potato in like five years. A, pot- a potato. A potato of all things. <laughs> a potato. You guys, you know, everyone out there, it's a potato. It's okay. The one food that an entire country survived on, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> the one food it's- we all could really live on and do very well with. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Right. I yep. mean, mm-hmm. no one's yeah. waking up yeah. with potato skins next to their bed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 No, that's not, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Unless you have some French fries. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. Then you have the, uh, the actual packaging. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. You know, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, because you guys preach this too. It's just, there's nothing magical. There's nothing uh, sexy about what it takes to get it done. You know? And the one thing that's coming up a lot with people that I'm, that are messaging me or talking to me is I have to use, I have to talk to them about being honest with yourself because there's a lot of self bullshit that's going on. I don't know. Is that a Mm -hmm. term? I don't know. It can be. We'll make it a term. I mean, they're bullshitting themselves (laughs) as to what they're really doing. Right. And, and, and I mean, I think we've all done that at some point in time. Um, But that's a big deal because people aren't always being honest with what they're tracking you know, or, or what yeah. they're counting or, you know, Oh, I forgot about the three lattes that I had today, you know, or the two or three handfuls of nuts I had as I walked into the kitchen, you know, or whatever, you know, it, it, it doesn't even register in their brain. So honesty and awareness have been like big themes for me talking to people recently. How about you? 
Yeah, actually, um, I just talked to one of my clients today and it's so true. And I'm, you know, I, like you always, you and Jordan always like ask them what went well and what do you feel like you yeah. need to work on? And it comes out, you know, she's having handfuls of Cheez-Its from her, you know, child's thing here and there. And I'm like, you're probably not tracking that. And I'm like, do you realize like that handful each time is probably 130 calories at least. Yeah. Um, and it's like, we have to really be honest. Like when you say you're doing everything, are you really doing everything? Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. when you have somebody who has significant weight to lose, like 50 plus pounds mm-hmm. and, and they, it, it, even more than that, a hundred, wh- whatever. And they are saying I am eating 1600 calories or whatever the number is, some low number and they're not losing weight. It's like, come on, stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. And it's not that, it's but, not that we're saying that you're lying. It's just, you're not, you're just not aware. Right. Like, you, you don't realize you're having yeah. a handful of chips as you're looking for something to eat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's or not like we, we haven't been there before. You know, we've all done it. Uh-huh. Oh, mm-hmm. guilty as charged, right? I mean, for sure. And especially thinking things are healthy and because they're, they may be healthy, well, maybe I don't need to track it or whatever, just because mm. it's, it's healthy. I fell for that for like decades, right? Who the hell oh, needs yeah. to track stuff that's that, that's healthy? Why would I want to track that? It's healthy, right? So what's so mm-hmm. bad about it? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I, I hear I, that I all the time. I, I feel like it's not people being purposefully deceitful. It's lack of awareness and things that just happen day in and day out that they are just into this cycle of, and it's about bringing awareness to what you're doing. And I told somebody once. To, to bring this more to a conscious level for them is when you walk in the kitchen and you're instinctively going to grab that handful of Cheez-Its or whatever, before you put them in your mouth, ask yourself, like, am I hungry? Just pop yourself out of the subconscious habit, mindless thing. That question alone, just asking yourself that question brings it now to, this is a choice, a conscious choice I'm making at this moment, as opposed to, I just stuff them in my face. I mean, the answer doesn't really matter to to the question. It's not so much that as it is you asking yourself that now at that second, from that moment on, it is now a conscious choice and you could still choose to eat it. Okay, whatever. Or you could say, you know what, what am I doing? I don't need this, you know, or, and, and, and put it back. I think it's just getting it into the front of our brain instead of it just being mindless. Yeah. Yeah, the mindful eating. And that's part that's part of what we try to do with clients too, right? Because we don't want them tracking calories and tracking food forever. We want to help them be more mindful. And, and like you said, ask yourself that question. Is, is this actually what I want? Am I hungry? And where is this craving coming from? Is it an emotional craving or is it a physical? Am I actually physically hungry? Is this going to satisfy that craving? This and that. And then like what I like to do then too is if you're going for those cheeses or the, the peanuts or whatever, um, you don't take the whole bag with you, you know, to, to sit down and yeah. watch TV or a movie because that next thing you know, the whole bag is going to be gone, but you only think it was one or two servings where now you're 1500 calories and potato chips later. So <laughs> yeah, and seriously. Food amnesia. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. That kind of stuff doesn't really fill you up either. Right. So it's not like you feel super full, like, oh my God, I ate so much necessarily. Um, cause a lot of those things that we snack on, we munch on. They don't make you feel full. So it's like in your head, you're like, I didn't eat that much because I don't feel stuffed, you know? And I think that that's a little bit of an issue too. But yeah, it's crazy that the lack of awareness and then it's tough bringing that into a conscious level, I think, 
but I think that's key. I think we yeah. have to be awareness is where everything starts, really. Oh, absolutely. It really is. It really is. Working up here and 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 looking inward and that's the hard, that's one of the hardest things we can do working on our mindset, especially that relationship with food. It's not going to be pretty at first. It's going to Un- unravel some some not so pleasant feelings and and, and experiences and that you're going to have to work through and that's that scares 100%. the shit out of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, carnivore, the carnivore diet thing, it seems to be huge right now and it's mm. really really scary. Oh. Uh, I don't yeah. I don't know where it came from appealing. again. Yeah. No. Meat meat uh, cheese I mean, and, and, and I love meat. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a meat right. eater, right? But that does not sound appealing whatsoever for to to sit there and sustain first of all for any length of time and then to maybe even do it forever. I mean, why would anybody want to do that? <laughs> you know? Imagine well, that that's the bowels that you said, are pretty, they're forever. pretty much. The bowels. <laughs> oh, when, gonna, when Jordan did it. And I, I remember being up in New York when he was, in, and it was just, it was awful. It, it, oh, that's it right. Was awful. He did do that. Yeah, he did do that Ooh, for a little well, while. Yeah. We'll have to ask him about that. But that, that, I'm yeah. sure that wasn't a pleasant experience going to the bathroom. for so. No. <laughs> oh. And and you mentioned a key word there too, was forever, right? And so that's what we preach to people and try to t- and teach people is, making this work forever. So if you can't do it forever, then why are you even wasting your damn time? You know, you're just wasting your time, your energy, maybe even your money. So what's the point? It's if you're just doing this to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible, you're in it for the wrong reason. Amen. Amen to that. I think people are looking for their, their quick fixes are taking them longer than slow and sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's the same people who, who, overly reduced calories or come from some program where they're eating virtually nothing. Right. And hopefully to lose weight quickly. Um, and obviously they, they can't sustain that. So they go off the rails, they hop back on, they're often on this train and they're not making any progress when if they would just eat more and take their time and watch slow, sustainable progress with ups and downs within all of that and stick with it, They'd, they they would be much farther along, right? And it's hard for people to wrap their head around that. And I, I truly believe people in my age bracket, we grew up with things, believing things that were such bullshit. And that's what our quote knowledge was back in the day. And yeah. you know that you had to eat so few calories in order to lose weight, that being one of them, good versus bad food. There's good food, there's bad food. I mean, we all, decades of this crap decades mm-hmm. of it. And I feel like that's all at play with something like that. You know, it is not something that's brand new to a thinking. It is, it is, it's ingrained. And that requires, again, awareness of, of this emotional voice that's talking to you when it's really not true. The logical voices we have in our head that are sitting there on the couch, relaxing, need to get up and start saying, no, this is dumb. You're not going to eat 1000 calories and expect that you can sustain that for any length of time. You know, I mean, we all know this. A lot of people probably know this, but they don't let the logic voices stand up and rear their heads to the, to emotion. You know, emotions just driving so much right now with people. And, and, and I really feel like people in my, my age bracket, we, we had it. I mean, we had just bullshit, you know, stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the good news is that, you know, 
our generation knows more than my parents' generation, generation behind me, my son's generation, they all know way more. What he knows and what he's doing now at age 24 is beyond impressive to me. And I'm so happy because he has tools that he is learning early that we didn't have, you know? Um, but it, I'll tell you, it's tough, right? Because when something's inside of you for decades, it doesn't go away by walking in a room and turning the switch off to on or something, you know, it just doesn't, it's, it's a tough nut to crack and it requires practice and, you know, consistency, like everything else that we preach. Right. Yeah. And for sure. Susan, what was, what was the turning point for you in your fitness journey when it really kind of all clicked? Um, because we have a lot of people, you know, in their forties and fifties and sixties that really think that life is over and that they can't lose weight. It's menopause. It's this. Um, so what, what changed that for you? You know, I think it was, uh, the f kind of a two parter. The first part was, um, when I, it was just a random day and I walked in the bathroom, I'm looking down at myself going, what the hell's happened to me? Like the, the, the menopause belly, the whole thing, you know, mm -hmm. I, it just hit me one day. And I started getting really upset. And then I started thinking, what? I'm doing everything right. What's what's wrong? And then I started thinking, oh, this is menopause. Oh, okay. This makes sense now. This is why I can't lose the weight. This is what's happening. It's happening to me. Like mm -hmm. I was the victim, right? And, and, and I thought, well, that makes sense. It's my metabolism. It's slowed down. I'll just go to the doctor, get my drugs, <laughs> get my metabolism going back up again. And, and boom, I'll be well on my way. So I went to the doctor, had all the blood work done. And of course my blood work was fine. <laughs> so it was like that moment when she came back and said, you know, you don't need any medication at all. Your blood work is absolutely fine. I just felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. Mm. You know, it should have been one of the happiest days ever, right? Because what it meant was I was in control of everything. But because that meant I was in control of everything, I also had to kind of turn around and look at myself. And and that's tough to do when oh, you yeah. think you've been doing everything right for decades and you haven't been. And it's all coming to a, you know, a front here. And so that was the first thing. So I had to let that absorb. And, and I started making small changes after that. Very small changes. I didn't track anything, didn't do any of that. I just paid more attention to what I was consuming and how much. That was it. And shortly thereafter, I hired Jordan to be my uh, strength coach. And at okay. that point, I had hired him just because I wanted to do powerlifting. I thought I wanted to do that. So we didn't talk about nutrition. But when I signed on with him... Um, obviously I paid attention to everything he said, he wrote all that kind of stuff. And I joined the inner circle right out of the gate. And so I started applying things just on my own. And then he and I started talking more about nutrition and then it all just, you know, it all just changed everything from that moment on my life completely changed. I lost weight. I honestly didn't know how much at the beginning, cause I didn't even own a scale really till about two, two and a half years ago, literally two and a half years ago. I mean, it, Yeah. But my, my guess was when I started working with Jordan, I probably lost, gosh, it's probably 30 pounds um, uh, when all was said and done, um, put on a ton of That's muscle um, and just changed how I looked, changed how I felt, everything changed, my whole mindset, you know, everything, all the stuff that he preaches and stuff. So um, yeah, that that was it. And it, it wasn't, it, it was one of those things where... It, it, it for me, it was the doctor's appointment that started it and having to 
be honest with myself. Mm-hmm. We go back to that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. To be honest with what I was doing and really what I wasn't doing. That was kind of the bottom line. Yeah. And you were- in You no longer had that excuse. Yeah. I was, in, I was 54, I yep. guess, at that point. Yeah. Wow. So- yeah. And, and that whole thing of, I, you know, I'm one of many living, breathing examples that it's never too late to change. And hence the subtitle of my book, because yep. I, f- I feel like, like, <laughs> it, I feel like it's, it's so important for people to know this, that yeah. it, I screwed up more times than I can begin to tell you. I talk about it in the book, all the stupid things that I did for so long, never really being, I was never really honest with myself and what I was doing. And plus early on knowledge base was not great. I mean, what we knew back then, not the same as what we all know now. So uh, a a little bit of slack in that category, I think, but um, yeah, it's, it's never too late. Is it going to be easy? And and I think this is where some people get frustrated. I don't know that maybe they think it's going to be easy, but you guys know this ain't easy. (laughs) No, (laughs) you know, it's It's not easy as we get older, shit gets harder. It, it just yeah. does, you know, and, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. That just means you roll up your sleeves and you do it anyway, you know, and that's the kind of mindset you got to have, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of women are ready to throw in the towel and be like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let menopause just ruin me. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And, and, and here's the interesting thing about that. And I mean, I thought that too. It's not menopause or the symptoms that directly make the the problem per se. I mean, hormones are at play, yes. And we're going to store fat, yes, all of that. But really, it's how we react to all of this. Like like night sweats is a big one. That was a big one for me. Um, I didn't have the hot flashes during the day. I always had night sweats, like up multiple times at night, having to change, having to put a towel on the bed because I soaked the bed. You know, I mean, that's how much you would sweat. And getting up multiple times a night and then having to go work at my school. I mean, that was crazy functioning on little sleep. That's the problem is how you react to the little bit of sleep that you're getting, right? We get more snacky. We get more munchy. We want comfort foods. We eat more than probably what we would eat. Because when we're tired, who the hell wants to try to figure out how many calories I might eat today? You know, there's nobody's going to do that. I mean, you know, I mean... When you're lacking sleep, our behaviors change. So that's the bigger issue, I think, with menopause or anything. It's how we react to symptoms. You know, it's not like lack of sleep, I'm going to get fat. No, lack of sleep means you're going to eat differently, which means you could, you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. For sure. And I made a post yesterday on Instagram about control, right? Like we're not in control of everything in our life. We're just along for the ride. But what we do control is how we react to things. You know, when something goes wrong, when something that we don't like happens to us, we control whether we're angry or happy or upset or we lash out. Um, so we need to control the things that we can and not make those excuses. I mean, that goes back to how, how you uh, turned your life around too. And um, we, we, we catch a lot of flack for that and telling people like that, you know, no more excuses, you know, and you can say that to somebody all you want, but until they're ready to have that honest conversation with themselves, they're not, yeah. they're just going to get pissed off at you when you say something like that. But it, there's going to come a time when they are tired of their own shit, right? Well, I think so. And, and I think it's interesting how many people feel like things are happening to them. They are the victim. They have no control over anything. And it's like the person that says, well, well, this is what always, this is what I always do. 
I always, you know, go and eat late at night or whatever. I'm like, you just justified your behavior by saying that, you know, you just opened the door for you to do that because you do control whether you do that or not. You can choose not to do that. You could choose not to do that. You actually control how this narrative goes. And people are like, (laughs) you know, they're looking at me like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But is it, is it always easy? Of course not. But you have to understand that you're in control. That's where it starts. Right. And, and, um, there are going to be times where it's going to be more complicated or more simplistic or whatever. But the bottom line is we all make choices. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the, the more that we can make those conscious level choices, the better, you know, are we still going to screw up? Of course. I mean, we all do that. Right. But, um, we've got to recognize that we're not victims here. You know, we can, uh, turn things around. I don't care what your health status is. I don't care what your age is, what your experience is. It doesn't matter. You can turn things around. You just have to understand that you control how it goes and you have to roll up your sleeves and dive in and do it. God, that's that's so the true. tough love piece, right? That is so true. <laughs> 100%. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Beth, you've been you there. I've control. been there, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and it's, it's like, it's like people losing weight. They focus on the scale. Well, we can't control that. Right. You know, we, I think we think we can, but we really can't, you know, and, um, people focus on that yet they're and because they're so uber focused on the scale, they're not focusing on things that they could control that they could be better at in order to help the scale. Right. Those things go out the window because we're so focused on that damn number and why it went up two number, it went up two pounds overnight and I was perfect with my nutrition and all this other bullshit that happens all the time. You know, I mean, it's, um, for 48 hours. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, that, I was perfect was with my nutrition before, yesterday. Yeah. Why is the scale up a pound? It's like, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the scale fluctuation talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. my God. People get so, I mean, it's intense. Like they literally slash three tires with, because they have a flat. Every, I mean, they see it go up. They're like, fuck it. I'm going to just go for a week and just eat like in complete whatever. Um, yeah. Because the scale went up and then it's up and then the, it's like a consistent cycle. It's like you, yeah. If I had it my way and I would just rather have nobody weigh in, you know, but we can't like, even if we tell our clients to not weigh in, some of them are still going to. So that's like, we have to try to fix that behavior. And, and, and I believe that the more you focus on the scale, you're, you're the scale is probably going to keep, you know, either saying the same or it's going to go up because you're putting that fear and that stress into your body about that. And you're driving yourself crazy. And, um, you're not, you could be laying up at night, you know, not sleeping, thinking of it. And there you go there. Now your hormones are, are crazy the next day. You're going to, you could, you could potentially then overeat or be holding on to more water weight and all these different things. And it's just not a healthy relationship to have. You know, when, when, uh, 20, 30 years ago, whatever, the only time I ever weighed in was when I went to the doctor's office. Right. And you went in there and I, I, I wrote about this in the book, how, I would be sitting in the waiting room and my heartbeat, would, my heart rate would just skyrocket because I was so full of anxiety because I had to step on that stupid scale that had the bar, right? The, mm-hmm. And they move the big fat bar first, right? And you're praying to God, they move it once. That's it, right? And you're, right? Please God, stop. And then they move the little one and they keep going and they keep going. And you're like, shit, stop, 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 you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, and you watch that thing balance and oh yeah. my God. God. 
That was the worst. And and I will say this for me, I made it worse, obviously, than it was because I didn't own a scale. So I had no idea where this number was going to fall. I hadn't, I would have a preconceived idea in my head and, and that may not have even been realistic, but if it, it, if it was higher than that, I felt like shit. If it was lower than that, I felt like I'm crushing it for no, and based off of nothing, right? Cause I didn't own a scale. So I didn't know I was just guessing. Um, in that, and, and I think that, that screwed me up w- with wanting to have a scale, but I don't know if you, if you guys remember several years ago, Jordan did his, uh, the, the weight loss, the, just another muggle weight loss thing. And he would post his scale weight every single day. And he said, Susan, I want you to do this. And I'm like, you're, you're uh. yeah, that's that a while ago. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was like three years ago or something. Yeah. And I, I didn't even own a scale. So I went out and got the scale and the first time I stepped on it, um, I, and I was going to post it on social media every single day. That's what we agreed upon. I thought I was going to throw up. I mean, it was that big of a deal for me. And I look back on that and I think that that's how you face the fear, right? You have to do it. You just do it. And now I, t- to this day, I weigh every day because I like seeing what happens. You know, I'm watching the little roller coaster ride. I'm in maintenance. I'm just kind of hovering in the same old weight. My weights actually went down a little bit and I got a little concerned because that was not purposeful. So I'm watching it kind of resettle into a different range. It's just, it's cool to see, oh yeah, I had Chinese food last night, two pounds up this morning, you know, or or whatever. It's really fun to see how your body reacts to stuff and the information that you get from that is unbelievably helpful, whether you're trying to lose or build or whatever, you know, I mean, it's, it's great to see that. I agree. A little little science experiment. Yeah, it is. If you can break yourself of that, that negative thought, if you can use the scale for what it is, which is data, right? Just we can analyze it. We can track those trends. Like you said, I had a higher sodium or higher carb meal last night. I know the scale is going to go up tomorrow and it's going to be perfectly fucking fine. And, and then you move on with your day. And, and it was just one data point on 365 for the year, you know, and that's really it. You're not going to look back six months from now and and think back at that one data point and be like, man, I wish I wouldn't yeah. have had that Chinese food the night before. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I think um, we, we, we grew up with scale goes up. It's bad. It goes down. It's good. That's it. There was no talk of fluctuations and what's really happening day in and day out and that you need to look at the broader picture, like the stock market. You know, you can watch your stocks every single day. They'll be all over the place, but you're in it for the long haul. So you stick with it. You don't just you know, pull out and say, ah, nah, yeah. You know, I mean, um, but I, I'll also say this. There's not a single person on this planet, not one that likes seeing the scale go up if you're trying to lose weight. I mean, and if they say they they love it, they're full of shit. They it it's not like that at all. No one likes it. I don't like it. But the difference now is, and and I'll tell you, when the scale goes up, I still get a kick in the gut. I still do. But the difference now is, I don't let that kick in the gut ruin my day. Woe is me. I've I've screwed up. I've gained fat. Nothing's working. Blah blah blah. I you know I don't do all that. I just feel it. And I move on. Yeah, that's, that's it. Key. And I love that stock market analogy because of that, because you want it sell when it dips, right? And you yeah. freak out. So and same way with our weight loss, you won't, you shouldn't when it, when it goes up because it's going to go up. You won't just say screw and throw in the towel and, and just go off the deep end because of that. It's the same yeah. thing. It's going to even out. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been an education for sure, but it's so helpful. It's really, really helpful just to see it all. Yeah. The more I work with people, the, the, the more I am shocked at, at the scale, just because I come from a place of hyper-focusing on the scale back in the day and just, you know, seeing how many people will actually in a course of like seven months lose, like maybe let's say eight pounds, but 20 plus inches and the, the body composition changing. And especially when you're including, um, you know, weight training and all that stuff, which is super important, changing your body, losing fat. And I think we get so, we were so stuck in a culture of seeing the weight loss go down, but we're losing muscle and bone and water. And it's so different yeah. when you're actually yeah. focusing on doing it the right way. Oh yeah. It, it, and it, it still is mind blowing, isn't it? To see people who have lost all those inches, like you said, yet the scale's not moved very much, like you said. And it's like, it, it's, it's still kind of amazing to see that it even really though we, is. we as professionals kind of understand what's happening. I just still think it's, it's, uh, it's kind of cool to see. I, yeah. it, I still get amazed by it, I guess. Um, but again, it goes back to, yeah, I mean, got to get in the gym. I was having a conversation with somebody earlier today about, you know, they do this little something, something kind of boot camp five days and they want to come to the inner circle. How can they incorporate inner circle workouts and with five days of this boot camp? And I'm like, man, you, you don't want to do that. But I said, if you're, if your goal is to build muscle, you should be doing what our workouts, not boot camp workouts. I mean, do yeah. ours three days a week and add maybe two days of your boot camp that you like to do. I mean, you like to do that kind of thing. Don't get rid of it. But if your goal is to build muscle, you're going to do that in a boot camp. You know, it's too, it's and, too uh, all over the place and it's high intensity and you're, you're yeah. doing a lot of cardio and yeah, circuit training like that. It's not conductive to, to muscle building. No. And, and, and I think that's a lack of knowledge thing too. I don't think people understand what a strength training workout actually is or what it looks like, you know, body pump. They think they equate that, you know, right. and classes inherently will never be able to do what a strength training workout in the free weight section of a gym will do. Yeah. They just can't, you know, and, and body pump in particular, nothing wrong with it. Absolutely not. A lot of people love it, but it's choreographed. It's done to the beat of a music with certain amount of reps. There's only, but so much you can gain from that. You can't put on super heavy weight. They don't have super heavy weight to put on those bars. You know, um, you can put what, what you can put, but you're going to hit a wall and they're not designed to look at your form. You're just bumping to the music. I mean, it's full of energy and it's a lot of fun, but if you, that's not how you're going to build muscle, you know, yeah. at least not, a, not a lot of it, like you said, and not, not efficiently right. for sure. You're going to be missing out on a lot, on a lot. So 100%. when, when you started your journey, then Susan, did you start with strength training right away? You said you start got started with Jordan doing powerlifting. Cause that's what you were interested in, right? Yeah. Well, if you, if I, I mean, I've been in the gym for decades. So if you scroll okay. all okay. the way back to when I started, I started with, I think jazzercise might've been the very first thing I ever did, which lasted this long because it was not for me even back then, got it. but I started the whole gym thing started when I joined a gym and I went to classes just like anybody else, you know, that got me in the door, the community of this gym and that the classes that I was taking was great. That got me coming back. And then I was watching the free weight section over, uh, over on the right, you know, and I started paying attention over there, made my way over there, met a trainer, worked with him. And that's where that part started. Right. And okay. worked with trainers on and off for a long, long, long time. Um, and then, um, 
hired Jordan and that's where everything really changed. Just, you know, I was that over-exerciser too. I was the girl that exercised six days a week, sometimes two a day um, and not oh, cardio wow. strength, but two strength a day because more is better, right? If one was good, two is great. I mean, you know, I mean, that's what we thought. So I would, wouldn't do that every day, but I, a couple of days a week I would do that. And literally making no progress, injured a lot, all the time, tired, not sleeping well, you know, not being able to lift more weight, all the usual stuff, but I couldn't see it when I was in the middle of it, right? I was too scared to not do it because I was afraid if I didn't do it, going to lose any progress I'd made. I was going to start to get fat. I was, you know, going to lose, uh, not make any more progress, whatever. And, and so I kept that pattern going until I, um, started working with Jordan and he cut me back to four days a week. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I, I mean, you want I me to do what? <laughs> yeah. I, four days. I said, what am I supposed to do on the other days? And he said, rest. And I'm like, what? You know, and I wasn't even really walking or anything then. And I just whined and complained so much that he finally said, okay, here's what you can do on a rest day. You can go to a gym, hop on a bike, but don't let your heart rate get over like something really low. I don't even remember the number now, but it was ridiculous. Super low, low impact. And I, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do it. So I went to the gym, hopped on the bike and literally... I felt like I was pedaling like this slow because the heart rate level was so low <laughs> and I'm a rule follower. So I'm, I'm watching the heart rate and I am just, and at the end I texted him. I said, I will never do this shit again. I'm <laughs> you, you knew <laughs> what he was, was doing when he told time. you you could do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just like, okay, I get to do it again. And he laughs and laughs. And I, yeah. I, I told him I will never do it again. And I haven't, I have always worked out four days a week. That's it. And I rest three days a week. That's what I do. You know, um, rest looks a little different. I, I walk more now and, you know, the weather's getting cold. I ain't going to walk outside when it's cold. I'm just one of those people. I'm not going to do it, but I have a bike <laughs> now. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot more riding in the winter than I will walking for sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm huge. I'm huge on walking and I, as Beth is as well. And uh, what, what I like to frame rest days as is like active recovery, you know, and that's when I encourage people to, to go on those walks, find some type of a physical activity they like, you know, whether it's playing basketball with their kids, just getting involved and just moving, you know, moving to me, rest yeah. doesn't mean just sitting on the couch all day. I'd, I'd prefer you to still at least doing something, um, yeah. but nothing strenuous, like, like you said, with not raising your heart rate when, when as Jordan told you. you. Know, so. But it's interesting because I always get a little pushback when I talk about rest days. I have people okay. go, okay, so is mm. such and such a class considered rest? Mm. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know what? You, everyone out there knows what we're talking about, meaning a rest day or an active rest day, you know, uh, walking, yoga, everyone knows that, but then, well, would a hike be considered rest day? Well, well, but let's talk about it. If you're hiking, you know, 10,000 feet, no, that's not, you know, that kind of hike. No, let's use common sense here. A hit class is not rest day. Right. You know, it's moving. It, it's enjoying some, some sort of light activity, getting your body moving. Let's not split hairs over that. You know yeah. I mean? It is what it yeah. is. <laughs> and it's coming sure, from a fear sure. of weight gain usually. Yes. Um, you know, it's like, and, and like you always say, I say it all the time. And that, like nutrition is the driver. Yeah, and, and people, if they should, if they spent as much time thinking about their workouts as they don't do in the kitchen, you know, it's like take take yeah. a rest day and meal prep. 
You know, it's so interesting because when I talk to people on the phone and we talk about their weight loss struggles, they always are talking about their workouts, right? They never talk about their nutrition and they go through this whole thing. Well, you know, I lift four days a week. I'm now doing hit classes twice a week. I run every other day. And then, you know, all these things, all these things. And they have yet to mention the one thing that would help their weight loss, you know? And so we have to talk about that. And that's why I talk about nutrition being the driver of that car, because we always think training is the driver of the weight loss car and it's not. And, and we, we like to think it is because it's the easiest thing to change, right? It's super easy to add a class or to do this, you know what I mean? But it's not easy to face what we're eating. And then realize we're going to have to make some adjustments and we don't want to do that. And so, you know, ignore it and we'll go away kind of thing. Right. But nutrition's it, that it's nutrition's responsibility to get us from point A to point B that, and, and that's it. And training is that the, the passenger in the, in the shotgun seat with the map, you know, helping you maybe get there, help encouraging you all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've been talking a lot about the unruly passenger now that that's in this fat loss car now too. There's a whole new person that has now gone into this fat loss car and it's the backseat driver and it's the backseat oh. driver is, is the person that is telling the driver, which is nutrition, turn left, turn left, turn left. No, you're going to screw up. If you go straight, turn left, you have to turn left. And that's emotion. Emotion is sitting yes, in the backseat and emotions, the back is the that's, backseat that's driver. And I, and I'm telling everybody, You've got to be aware of that because emotion is going to get you off course. And if you start following emotion, you're going to be way over, over here and you need to be way over there, you know? And so it's time to put that guy in the trunk and shut, you know, lock, lock the trunk, (laughs) you know? And then there's, you know, there could be even another passenger in there. Logic. Who's the one you want to keep in the car? Because he's the one that that's going to reinforce. Yes, I'm doing the right thing. No, I didn't gain fat. I don't have to turn left. I can keep going straight. You know, it, it's, the car's gotten a little big. I mean, there are more people yeah. in the car now. <laughs> and then you've got, got the bad guys that are going to crash the car. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> they're, they're coming head on collision, collision course. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to run the stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> because we'll get there quicker, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, what was, I mean, for you, for, has building muscle ever been a challenge for you then? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, after, you know, after you stopped doing the classes, I guess. Yeah. You know, when I, I really, I built a little muscle with a couple of the trainers. I never really thought of it that way, but I did. I got pretty, I got pretty decently strong, um, but never had the nutrition piece to help me out all through that, those decades. I never did. Um, but when I started working out with Jordan and all the pieces of the puzzle started getting put together, um, I really wasn't even eating in a, I was probably eating in a very small deficit. I mean, so small that I wasn't really even aware of it that much. Um, and I built muscle there, but when I went into maintenance is when I built a lot of it and I did a six month actual surplus where, uh, he and I, he and I worked through that, um, it was kind of an unconventional way to do it, but I truly believe that it is a great way for a lot of people. Once you know how to eat in maintenance and you can do that without tracking and just stay in your maintenance zone, you could eat in a surplus and not have to track a thing. 
You know, it, it, it's, it's actually quite simple to do, but the biggest issue is going to be the, the mindset piece of watching the scale go up. And that was huge for me. Yeah. That was a huge issue for me. And one of the re- when Jordan and I talked about this, that was the main reason for me to do it, um, is to get over this fear factor of the scale once and for all, you know? And so, um, the first month or so of what I did, I was, oh, I'm not hungry. I can't eat all these calories mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. all the other bullshit. You know, I mean, I was, and, and Jordan and I talked about this on a podcast and he called me out on it and rightly so. And we kind of came to an agreement of what we were going to do for that. Um, and essentially I had three and it ended up being four days a week where I just ate in maintenance, but those four days a week, I added a, a smoothie. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. It was about a 400 calorie smoothie, give or take. Right. That's all I did to, to, to be in a surplus. That was it. And it worked. I mean, my goal was to gain a pound a month. I did that for six months, you know, and I did, I gained a pound a month every month. I was up a pound, but the, the way I got there was like the roller coaster, right? My scale, the scale fluctuated just like it does when I was trying to lose, I would dip down and I would, I spiked over my goal weight. And I'm like, holy shit, what is that? Well, then it comes back down, you know, just so the journey's just not a straight line, but, um, it's just as crazy and turbulent as trying to lose. But yeah, a pound a month was a great slow weight gain for me. I gained body fat. Um, and when I got to the sure. end and I gained a lot of muscle too, by the way, and at, at the end I decided I ain't going to cut. I don't want to cut. I kind of like this, you know, I, and maybe I'm in the minority on that. I know a lot of people just turn around and they go into a cut, right? I didn't want to cut. I liked having more body fat on me. I looked at pictures of me before and I thought, my God, look how thin I was. And I never thought of that about myself in my whole life until I had this, a different perspective from this. And so, yeah, I, and I haven't cut since, and that was two years ago. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, I'm still here. I, I will say this over two years, I have naturally dropped out of those six pounds. I've probably naturally dropped four of them just in maintenance over two years. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit happens. like this. There's going to be fluctuations um, yeah, with just, the seasons, it, especially. Yeah. Yeah. It just settled in. And so, and so that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, I'm thinking I might do another surplus one more time, um, perhaps, but I, I was telling Jordan the other day, I don't think I'm ever going to do a cut in my life again, to be honest. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm 61 years old. Why the hell do I want to cut right now? You know, for what purpose do I want to do that? I don't have, there's no reason to, I don't have weight. I want to lose. Um, I don't, I don't need to prove anything. You, you, you know, in life, my life continuum is getting a little short here, you know, and, and do I want to spend any time at all doing this? If I don't, if I don't have weight to lose, you know, just didn't, just to make sense to me right now, you know, I really have, life has taken on a whole new meaning for me. I think after I've turned into, got into the sixties, it really has, um, changed physically. I feel different as well. And so that hammers home where I'm at and it's like, Hmm, yeah, you know what? No, I think I'm just going to go for the whole enjoyment piece right now. <laughs> you, um, do you get a lot of people asking you, when are you going to cut next? Um, I feel I like I, I get asked that and it's like, why? I don't need to. I'm like a, whatever pounds. And I'm like, if why would I cut? And I think as coaches, people always think that we're either cutting or doing, you know, think and cutting or like, bulking, right? Yeah. It, it's, like I am in maintenance. This is where you want to be, you know, techno. Yeah. Uh, and I think people just get so fixated on the whole, I want to just keep going into a cut when 
It's just yeah. really unnecessary. Yeah, you're, no, you're I, eating in a way that works for you now, and you found you yeah. found that happy balance, and and you're happy. You're physically strong. You're you're physically healthy. You're mentally healthy. Then that's what matters. Yeah. I think I think that is absolutely key. Yeah, I, I I think maybe people are curious to to watch some you know someone go through it or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I would rather go the other way. I think that would be more fun to be honest. Now, um, and then for sure, if I put on if I did it for like six months and I put on another six pounds. I'd really take a look at that and say, you know what? Let me see how I look then. Do I feel okay like this? You know, my clothes fit different after those six pounds. You know, my, my clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, thing, my butt was bigger. That's the first time in my life I grew glutes ever, <laughs> ever. And so my, you know, shorts fit differently, pant, you know, all of that. Um, and that was a little disconcerting, to be honest, because that that's a trigger a little bit for someone mm-hmm. who has tried so long to keep the weight off. And and then you have to, you know, that first time you put on a pair of jeans and you pray to God they fit, you haven't had on all season, right? The first time, that was always so stressful for me. Like, what shorts are going to fit me this year? I don't, you know, I never knew. I never, because I, was I at the po- top of the yo-yo or the bottom of the yo-yo? you know, seasonally, how I couldn't really perfectly time that out, you know, <laughs> having those extra, having, having the extra pairs of shorts for each, for each season or wherever you're at. In I, your had journey. Two set, I had two sets of clothes. I had, you know, heavier clothes and, and skinnier clothes or whatever people call them. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was, it was a great experience. And I think I wouldn't mind doing that again. And then seeing what happens there. I think it's just, um, going into a surplus is probably as much fun as it gets. It doesn't get much better, yeah. now, to be honest with you, you know? Because then yeah. your, your energy levels are going to be higher. You're, you're going to be stronger in the gym. You're going to be seeing those weights increase a lot more. And you're going to be seeing the, more muscle too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, what it's all about right there. Yeah, if, and, if, if, and it feels great. I mean, it feels great. Um, and if you can just get over the emotional piece of this, you know, put him in the car and get and get you know in the trunk there and and really focus on what you're trying to do. And yeah, you do it right. You do it in a slow, controlled way. You're you're going to gain weight. You're going to gain some body fat. You'll keep it minimal, and and you it's going to be fine. Um, if you just consider a surplus a feeding frenzy, well, yeah, you're going to put on yeah. a lot of weight and put on a lot of a lot of fat. You know, and and I guess one thing that people don't understand is that. It doesn't take much of a surplus right. to get you in yeah. there, you know, it's 300 calories. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Susan, it's, you're, uh, you're an inspiration to a lot of people that really think that age is they're just screwed. I mean, it's amazing. I appreciate 100%. that. 100%. Oh yeah. 100%. I feel Especially like that like, is, that is what I want to do. You know, I want to just spread that message that we're all trying to spread, you know, that it's never too late to change, yeah. you know, you can do whatever you want. And, um, you know, I hope that m- more people do that, you know, cause I think, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a great process to go through. It's fun getting strong. There's nothing like it. You guys know that what it does for you, mm-hmm. not just physically, but, uh, from an emotional standpoint and confidence standpoint and how that will change your life. You know, all the positives that come with it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. 100%. Um, So your, your new book that you have out, where, where, where can people find that? And and where, where can people find you? Because I think you can further, you further expand on your own journey in that book and your book, and um, people can really learn a lot from that. So my book, it's called fit at any age. It's never too late. And it's available on Amazon. Um, and it's Kindle and, uh, paperback. Um, and you can find me out on the internet, various places, but primarily Instagram, Susan Ebergall fitness. Um, and I have a pretty extensive YouTube channel now. So a lot of resources there. Yeah. Um, I coach with Jordan in the inner circle, sfinnercircle.com. You can find us there. Um, and yeah, just type in my name and it, it'll, a lot of things will pop up. Yeah. The inner circle is great. I mean, I've been in the inner circle. I think it's coming on four years. Yeah. You've been in for a while. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So if anyone who's listening, if you want to, um, you know, get your workouts programmed for you, join a great online community of like-minded people. And it's, it's a really amazing place. I, I see myself as a coach. I've learned a lot and I, that's how I got started. Um, on my journey was joining the inner circle, really. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Come on over, everybody. We'd love to have you. There we go. Got to join. I got to get, I guess I got to get in the inner you circle. You should, Matt. Too, I mean, I, I, I know. Well, I, Matt. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, co- I'll come join. I'll, I'll come join and, and see what you guys are all about. I would, a, I would love to learn. learn $75 for three, every three months. And I could say that is like, the, I mean, it is totally worth I'm it. sure I mean, the value you're like, getting from that speaks for that's itself a, a million times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. You guys heard it here. Uh, I'm going to come join you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah. There we the, go. Informa- there we go. the information in there is invaluable. Really? Yeah. Information and experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, I've yeah. met a lot of cool people in there that we still like Renee and Patty, we message yeah. all the, we were just messaging last night. It's, you know, um, there's a lot of coaches in there and a lot of people from there the, are a lot of coaches in there. The mentorship there group people. is in there. And, and we've got a, um, a real good contingent of middle-aged people in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do, we do. And we're doing another retreat this summer. So we're going to be you know, ramping up for that. We've got a lot of, and a lot of new things coming in the inner circle. So a lot of stuff. Very exciting. Exciting. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure, Matt. You said it. <laughs> Woo! All right, Matt. I did. Yep. <laughs> Let's go. it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Oh, thank um, you so much, Susan. You are our official first guest on the podcast. You're so, so honored. So honored. Yep. Yeah, I love this. Cut first, the crap. That's the best. First, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! I love it. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yay, I, thank I've, you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, love you guys. Thank you so love much, you. Susan. Bye, guys.